باب عذاب القبر من الغيبة والبول The punishment of the grave Why? Because of غيبه and because of bowl What is غيبه? Backbiting And what is bowl? Urine حدثنا قذيبة حدثنا جرير عن الأعمش عن مجاهد عن طاووس قال ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما مر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على قبرين The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم passed by two graves فقال إنهما ليعذبان And he said indeed these two people are being punished وما يعذبان من كبير And they're not being punished for something big ثم قال Then he said بلا Yes They are being punished for something big أما أحدهما As for one of them فكان يسعى بالنميمة He used to go around with namima Meaning with backbiting Slandering people وَأَمَّا أَحَدُهُمَا And as for the other one, فَكَانَ لَا يَسْتَثِرُ مِنْ بَوْلِهِ He would not shield, he would not save himself from his urine. قَالَ ثُمَّ أَخَذَ عُودًا رَطْبًا He said that the Prophet ﷺ took a fresh piece of wood, فَكَسَرَهُ He broke it, بِثْنَتَيْنِ into two, ثُمَّ غَرَزَ كُلَّ وَاحِدٍ مِّنْهُمَا عَلَى قَبْرٍ And then he stuck each one of them on a grave then he said perhaps the punishment will be lightened for them as long as these two twigs do not dry and we have read as to why he did this and what he meant by the drying of the twigs and we don't need to go into that detail again but what we see in this hadith is the reason for the punishment in the grave earlier we learned that the reason for the punishment of the grave is what? Hypocrisy and disbelief. And here, in this hadith we see that the reason for the punishment of the grave, the Prophet ﷺ said initially, not something big. And then he said, bala. Meaning, yes, it is something big. Meaning something that these people did not think was big, but in reality it was big. They didn't think it was a big deal. But in reality, it was a big deal. It is a major sin. And what are those sins? They are backbiting. And secondly, not being careful about splashes of urine. Now if you think about it, these two sins, generally, people belittle them. Right? Generally, we belittle them. We say it's no big deal. It's okay. What about bigger sins? that are known, that are acknowledged as big, as serious offenses, then what do you think will happen? We learn in a hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, that when the punishment approaches the disbeliever from the side of his head, there is no deed there to protect him. Then it approaches him from his right side, and there is nothing there to guard him. Then it approaches him from his left side and there is nothing there to protect him. And then it approaches him from the side of his feet and there is nothing there to protect him. So what is it that protects a person from punishment in the grave? This is good deeds. It's the good deeds of a person that protect him, that shield him. Because good deeds erase bad deeds. But if a person does not pay attention towards them, then those sins will be a means of bringing punishment. Okay, the question about urine, that would this include wiping yourself after using the bathroom instead of using water? The thing is that when it comes to cleaning yourself after using the bathroom, then we learn in Bukhari, in the book of Wudu and Tahara, 
that there are different ways in which we can clean ourselves after using the bathroom. The objective is to remove the filth. Okay? The objective is to remove the filth. And what is permissible is that you can use something to wipe yourself with. As long as the wiping will remove the filth. Which is why we learn in hadith that if a person is wiping themselves, then they should wipe themselves at least three times. So in hadith we learn that, for example, if the Prophet ﷺ would use something like rocks or mounds or like pieces of clay, like you know, condensed or solidified clay, then he would use at least three. Okay? So the objective is to clean yourself, alright, to remove the filth. So even if you can do that with with toilet paper, but minimum three times and completely dry, so there's no splashes anywhere, it is sufficient. Okay? It is sufficient. However, if a person can use water also after that to wash themselves, alright, that is even better. And that is what is praised in the Quran in Surah Tawbah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He praised the people of Quba that Allah loves people who mutatahirin, who purify and clean themselves. And the Prophet wasallam asked them about what they did because of which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised them and, and they said that we try to use water every single time. Because remember that water was not easily accessible at the time of the Prophet wasallam. Nor is it easily accessible everywhere. So then what do you do? Not use a bathroom? No, you have to use a bathroom. Sometimes people don't use a bathroom because they don't have access to a water bottle with which they can wash themselves. And this can lead to further problems. That's not The solution is not to use a bathroom. The solution is use the bathroom and wipe yourself clean. Ensure that there's no filth left on you. And then water is added benefit. What is mentioned in, in this hadith is that you know that urine has splashed on your body or on your clothes and you don't you don't clean it. You understand? That is a problem. Or for example, when you note that your baby's diaper has leaked, right? It has leaked on you. And you're like, oh, whatever, it's okay. No, it's not okay. If it's on your clothes, on your skin, you know, you have to clean yourself. So in this hadith, we see that the punishment in the grave is because of sins. And the way that a person protects himself from punishment in the grave is through his good deeds. In another hadith which is in Sahih, At-Targhib wa Tarheeb, we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said that when the deceased is placed in his grave, he can hear the footsteps as they depart from him. If he was a believer, Salah stands by his head. Fasting stands to his right. Zakah stands to his left. And good deeds such as sadaqah, salah, maruf, and ihsan towards people stand at his feet. He is approached from the direction of his head and the prayer says, you cannot go past me. Then he is approached from the right side and fasting says, you cannot get past me. Then he is approached from his left side and zakah says, you cannot get past me. Then he is approached from the direction of his feet and his good deeds such as charity, ma'roof, and treating people kindly say, you cannot get past me. So what do we see in this hadith? 
What is it that protects a person from the punishment of the grave? Which good deeds in particular? Your fara'ib. Things that are obligatory on you. Salah, zakah, fasting. Right? These are fara'ib. And then after that, charity, sadaqah, ihsan towards people. These are things that will protect a person. In another hadith, which is in At-Tabarani, we learn a person is placed in his grave, and when he is approached by punishment from the side of his head, his recitation of the Qur'an repels it. His recitation of the Qur'an repels it. And when he is approached from his sides, his sadaqah repels it. And when he is approached from the side of his feet, then his walking to the masjid repels it. So in this hadith, what is guarding a person? What is guarding a person? Recitation of the Qur'an. Secondly, sadaqah. And then, walking to the masjid. In another hadith, we also learn, this is in Musnad Ahmad, the Prophet ﷺ said, a handsome person comes to him wearing beautiful clothes and having beautiful fragrance. And it says, rejoice, this is the day that you were promised. So the person will say, who are you? Your face brings only good. So he will say, I am your good deeds. I am your good deeds. So good deeds will come in the form of a beautiful companion. So that a person is not alone in the grave. That loneliness in the grave will be finished by companionship of what? Good deeds. The Prophet ﷺ also said, this hadith is in As-Silsilatul Sahihah, that indeed charity extinguishes the heat of the grave from its people. So what is it from this hadith that we learn? Sadaqah. So if you make a list of all of these deeds, that what is it that will guard a person from the punishment of the grave, then what are those deeds? What have we learned? Salah, fasting, zakah, sadaqah, kindness towards people, any ma'roof, recitation of the Qur'an, what else? Walking to the masjid, sadaqah, if you think about it, sadaqah has been mentioned many times. We also learned that a shaheed will be protected from the punishment of the grave. It's mentioned very clearly in hadith. In another hadith which is authenticated by Shaykh al-Bani, it's mentioned in As-Sultratul Sahiha. We learn the Prophet ﷺ said, Surah Al-Tabarak, هِيَ الْمَانِعَ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ Surah Al-Tabarak, meaning Surah Al-Mulk, is one that protects against the punishment of the grave. Mani'a, meaning reciting the surah frequently. Also we learn about certain types of deaths, meaning if a person dies from, like in hadith we learn, مَنْ قَتَلَهُ بَطْنُهُ Allahu Akbar. The person whose button kills him, whose stomach kills him, meaning something happens in his stomach, in his abdomen. And remember, stomach is not just the place where your food is. Its button is your entire abdomen. Anything in that that causes a person's death, فَلَنْ يُعَذَّبَ فِي قَبْرِهِ then he will never be punished in the grave. In another hadith we learn, for every person who dies, his deeds come to an end, except for the one who dies as a murabit, meaning as a guard for the sake of Allah, then Allah will make his good deeds grow on the day of judgment, and Allah will protect him from the trial of the grave. So a person who guards Muslims, murabit is who? You see, there are certain situations where there is a physical enemy that's going to attack 
the Muslims. So somebody has to stay awake at night, somebody has to go stand at the border, and that's very risky. Because you're making yourself like a shield for who? For the rest of the people. And many of us will do something for the Muslim community as long as we're not at risk. Isn't it? We don't want to be known, we don't want our identity known, we want to hide behind you know, others that I don't want to be at the forefront. Don't put me at risk because my career, my family, my money, all of that will be at risk. But then there are some people who put their own lives or their own careers you know, at risk and they will go to the forefront shielding the rest of the community. And this is not something small. So a murabit is a person who will be saved from the punishment of the grave because he put himself at risk where many others were not willing to go. Also we learned that if a believer dies on Friday, in hadith we learned, this is in a tirmidhi that there is no Muslim who dies on Friday, but Allah will save him from the trial of the grave. Bab al-mayyit yu'radu alayhi bil-ghadati wal-ashih. A dead person is shown his place in the morning and the evening. Meaning in the grave, a person is shown his final abode in the morning and in the evening. حدثنا إسماعيل قال حدثني مالك عن نافع عن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن أحدكم إذا مات عرض عليه مقعده بالغدات والعشيه That indeed when one of you dies then his مقعد his final abode is presented to him in the morning and the evening. إن كان من أهل الجنة فمن أهل الجنة If he is from the people of Jannah then he will be from the people of Jannah, meaning he's shown his place in Jannah. وَإِنْ كَانَ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ فَمِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ From the people of the fire, then he's shown his place amongst the people of the fire. فَيُقَالُ هَذَا مَقْعَدُكَ And when he's shown that place, he is told, this is your final abode. حَتَّى يَبْعَثَكَ اللَّهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Until Allah will raise you on the day of judgment. Meaning, this is your abode, this is where you will go, and right now, this is your place, meaning the grave, and you will continue to witness your final abode in it. You will continue to see it over here until Allah raises you on the day of judgment. And this is something that will increase the believer in happiness because when you like something, something is good, like a reward, and if you're shown that reward every day, twice a day, at the beginning and at the end, then it will only increase you in happiness. And at the same time, this will be a source of grief for the denier. In a hadith we learn, this hadith is in Sahih At-Targhib Wa-Targhib, that after the test, a door from the doors of paradise is open for the believer. And it is said to him, this is your place in Jannah, and what Allah has prepared for you in it. This increases him in yearning and delight. Every time he sees it, he wants it, and it makes him happier. In another hadith we learn, he says that, can I return to my family to inform them? Can I return to my family to somehow tell them that I've passed? But he's told, sleep as a newlywed. Meaning now you just sleep. Bab kalam al-mayyiti ala al-jinaza. The words of a dead person on the jinaza. Jinaza is Basically, when the body is prepared for the burial. So a deceased person, he speaks at that time also. 
حدثنا قتيبة حدثنا الليث عن سعيد بن أبي سعيد عن أبيه أنه سمع أبا سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه يقول قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أبو سعيد الخدري reported that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said إذا وضعت الجنازة when the janaza is put down meaning when the body is laid out فاحتملها الرجال على أعناقهم and the men carry it on their necks because the body is picked up it's taken on the shoulders of people right and notice the hadith that says ar-rijal men are supposed to carry the body fa in kanat salihatan if it was a righteous person qalat it says qaddimuni qaddimuni go quickly quickly speed up wa in kanat ghayra salihatin and if it was not righteous it says, Ya Wailaha, Aina Yadhabuna Biha. Oh woe to it, where are they taking it? Meaning, where are they taking this body? Why are they taking this body? To the grave. Yes, Marusawtaha Kullu Shayin illa insan. Everyone hears its sound except for the human beings. Walaw Samiahal insanula sa'iqa. And if the human being were to hear it, he would faint. Meaning he wouldn't be able to bear the sound of the dead person speaking. So what do we see in this hadith? That delaying the janazah unnecessarily, in fact delaying the janazah, even for a good reason, is something painful for the righteous person. Because when the body is picked up even, to be taken to the grave, the righteous person says, قَدِّمُونِي قَدِّمُونِي Quickly take me. You're going too slow. So this means that the janazah should not be delayed. As quickly as possible, the body should be buried. Because if it's a righteous person, then this delay is causing them agony. Even in the night, the body can be buried. In Kitab al we learned that yes, we learned the hadith, that even in the night time, people buried someone, right? And they didn't tell the Prophet ﷺ about it. And the Prophet ﷺ asked that, why didn't you tell me? And they said that it was the night time, so we didn't want to disturb you. So even after Maghrib, burials are permissible. There's nothing wrong. The point is that the burial should not be delayed. And it's the delay that causes the janazah or the body of the person discomfort. It's like, you know, reward is waiting for them and you're holding them back. And then if you cry and wail at that time, that's going to hurt them even more. And isn't that what we learn? that the deceased is pained or punished because of the crying of the family. So this is something that we should start doing, that let's not delay the janazah unnecessarily. And this is why we should know as to what needs to be done after someone dies. Because many times people have no idea. And so in trying to figure out, the janazah gets delayed for days and days. And sometimes people are waiting for the family to come so that Everybody can attend the janazah, but everybody cannot come. And the condolences can continue, you know, for a long time. Bab ma qila fi awlad al-muslimin. What is said about the children of the Muslims? Meaning, if the children of the Muslims die, then what happens to them? Qala Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, anin nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mamata lahu thalathatun min al-walad, any person, whose three children die, 
And these three children are such that لم يبلغوا الحنس They have not reached hints. Hints actually means sin. But what is meant over here is the age of sin. Meaning the age when sin is recorded for a person. And what is that age? Puberty. So three children die before puberty. Then that will be كَانَ لَهُ حِجَابًا مِنَ النَّارِ That will be a hijab for the parent from the fire. A screen, a barrier. أَوْ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ Or that such a parent will enter paradise. حدثنا يعقوب بن إبراهيم حدثنا ابن عليا حدثنا عبد العزيز بن صهيب عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said ما من الناس مسلم يموت له ثلاثة من الولد there is no people from the Muslims whose three children die that لم يبلغ الحنس who have not yet reached the age of puberty إلا أدخله الله الجنة except that Allah will admit him into Jannah بِفَضْلِ رَحْمَتِهِ إِيَّاهُمْ By virtue of His mercy for them. For who? For those children. That because they died in childhood, out of compassion for them, Allah will admit their parent into paradise also. As long as they're Muslim. حَدَّثْنَا أَبُوا الْوَلِيدِ حَدَّثْنَا شُعْبَةُ عَنْ عَدِيِّ بْنِ أَنَّهُ سَمِعَ الْبَرَاءِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ before we continue with this hadith, these two ahadiths, what do they tell us about the children of Muslims who die? How are these ahadiths relevant? Because the bab is children of Muslims, meaning those who die. Right? So how are these ahadiths relevant? These ahadiths are telling us about what will happen to the parents of such children. That the parents will be forgiven and the parents will be admitted into Jannah. And the parents will be shielded from punishment, right? So if this is what will happen to the parents, then what do you think will happen to those children? You understand the connection here? If the parents of such children will be treated so honorably, then what do you expect for such children? How will they be treated? بِفَضْلِ رَحْمَتِهِ إِيَّاهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be very merciful to them. So in this hadith, قَالَ لَمَّا تُوَفِّيَ Ibrahim, When Ibrahim, السلام, and this is referring to the son of the Prophet ﷺ, Ibrahim, because he also died as an infant. When he died, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم, The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ لَهُ مُرْضِعًا فِي الْجَنَّةِ He has a murdir in Jannah. Who is a murdir? A wet nurse, meaning a woman who nurses. He has a murdir in Jannah. Now, we cannot say this for all the children of the Muslims, that if a baby dies in infancy, because this is matters of the unseen, and matters of the unseen, remember, they cannot be generalized. However, there are some ahadith that mention that the children of the Muslims, right, who die in childhood, of course, they will be with someone very special. In a hadith in Musnad Ahmad, we learn, الْمُسْلِمِينَ فِي الْجَنَّةِ Dharari, the little children of the Muslims, meaning who die, will be in Jannah, or they are in Jannah. Yakfunuhum Ibrahim alayhi salam. And Ibrahim alayhi salam is their kafil, he is their guardian. In another hadith which is authenticated by Shaykh al-Bani, it's recorded in As-Silsilatul Sahiha, we learn, Atfalul Muslimin, the children of the Muslims, fi jabalin fil Jannah. They are on a mountain in Jannah. 
يَكْفُلُهُمْ إِبْرَاهِيمْ وَسَارَةِ Ibrahim and his wife Sarah, alayhim wassalam, they are their guardians. حَتَّى يَدْفَعُونَهُمْ إِلَىٰ آبَائِهِمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Until they will return them to their parents on the Day of Judgment. So until the Day of Judgment, these children are in the care of who? Who? Prophet Ibrahim and his wife Sarah. So if any parent loses their child, this is something that they should take comfort in. That my child is no longer with me, but my child inshallah is with who? In the care of Prophet Ibrahim and Sarah. Go ahead. Yes? That when you see the Muslim children dying in so many places, like in Syria, and it hurts you that what's happening. But remember that Allah is very merciful. So these children are in a better place. باب ما قيل في أولاد المشركين What is said about the children of idolaters? What about them? Because these hadith are about who? The children of Muslims. What about non-Muslims? حدثنا حبان أخبرنا عبد الله أخبرنا شعبة عن أبي بشر عن سعيد بن جبير عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهم قال سئل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن أولاد المشركين the Prophet ﷺ was asked about the children of the mushrikeen. فَقَالَ He said, Allahu إِذْ خَلَقَهُمْ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا كَانُوا عَامِلِينَ When Allah created them, He knew very well about what they would have done. Meaning they died as children, but if they were to live on, what would they do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about that. So basically, we are not allowed to say anything about them. Because Allah knows best about what they would have done if they had lived on. حدثنا أبو اليمان أخبرنا شعيب عن الزهري قال أخبرني عطاء بن يزيد الليثي أنه سمع أبا هريرة رضي الله عنه يقول سئل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن ذراري المشركين فقال The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was asked about the children of the mushrikeen and he said Allah أعلم بما كانوا عاملين Allah knows best about what they would have done. So remember that Part of our belief in Al-Qadr, in divine decree, is to believe that Allah knows everything. Okay? Allah knows everything. Which means that He knows the existent and the non-existent. Which means that what is and what is not, and if it was, then what it would be. You understand? Because sometimes we say, what if such and such happened? Then I wonder what would happen. Then I wonder what kind of a person I would be. I wish this never happened to me or this never happened to that person because then, you know, I would be far better. I wouldn't be this bitter or like this or like that. Or we start talking about other people. But remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is and what could have been. And so... If a child dies today, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what that child would have done if he lived on. So then we deal with the children of the mushrikeen in this life the way we should and about their, in regards to their hereafter, we should leave that decision to Maliki Yawmuddin. It's not our right to say anything. In fact, we learned that once Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that this hadith is in Muslim. She said that once a child died, and I said, there is happiness for this child. 
he is a bird from the birds of Jannah. Right? Like she was really happy that, okay, this child died, you know, he's so lucky. So the Prophet ﷺ said, don't you know that Allah created Jannah and He created hell and He created some people for this and some people for that? Meaning, how do you know about where this child would go? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that. So refrain from passing any judgment regarding the children of the of the mushriki. You understand? And in general also, we should be very careful because we say things like, anybody dies, rest in peace. Rest in peace. About everybody. I mean, someone who openly denies the existence of God, when that person also dies, we say, Muslims say things like, rest in peace. No, you don't say that. Because our belief is that if someone believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and dies with that belief, then he will have a certain outcome in the hereafter. And if a person dies with kufr, then he will have a different outcome. This is a part of our iman. And we cannot ignore this. حدثنا آدم حدثنا ابن أبي ذئب عن الزهري عن أبي سلمة بن عبد الرحمن عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said كل مولود يولد على الفطرة every child is born in the فطرة فأبواه يهودانه أو ينصرانه أو يمجسانه it's the parents who raise him as a Jew as a Christian or as a fire worshiper كمثل البهيمة تنتج البهيمة هل ترى فيها جدعاء just like Animals give birth to an animal. Do you see any mutilation in it? No, the animal is born sound in its body and people cut the ears and nose, etc. So just like that, people are born on fitra and it's their parents who raise them with certain belief sets. So in this hadith is hope, right? That if the children of mushrikeen die, then we can hope that inshallah they will have a good outcome. But at the end of the day, the decision belongs to who? To who? To Allah the Exalted. Okay, so inshallah we'll conclude here. Do you have any questions? Any questions, any comments, anything you'd like to add? Go ahead. Okay, so when it comes to uh, splashes of urine, remember that in general it is anyone's urine, okay, your own or somebody else's. So even if, for example, you go to the bathroom and you see it, then make sure that you protect yourself and your clothes from it. And teach this to your children also. Just like that, if you are holding child, a baby, and their diaper leaks, again, be careful about that. Change your clothes, wash yourself up in order to clean yourself so that you are able to pray. When it comes to little babies that are only nursing, then remember that in hadith we learn about boys, okay? That how in the early days when they're only nursing and their urine basically splashes, then in hadith we learned the Prophet ﷺ only sprinkled water. Okay? But when it comes to a girl's urine, then no, you have to wash it. Why? Because it's different. Okay? In its nature, it's different. Right? This is not a bias against women. No, it, the nature of that urine is different. The people with boys and girls know that. They're familiar with this fact. And secondly, if you think about it, a, a baby boy's urine, it just splashes everywhere. But a baby girl's urine, it kind of collects in one place. So if you just sprinkle water over it, it will not be enough. You have to rinse it out. You understand? So it's necessary that we take care of linens and mattresses and whatnot. Be careful about this. Because being negligent in this matter 
is something very serious. Anything else? Okay. Inshallah, we'll conclude here. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.